Glenn Campbell had a storied musical career. Beginning with his heyday in the late 1960s and 70s, he'd won six Grammy Awards by 2017 and had sold over 50 million country music records worldwide. In 2004, he was entering the twilight years of his life. The 68-year-old was ready to slow down and spend more time with his family, but he wasn't quite ready to stop making new music. However, something about the artist seemed off. For one, he was becoming increasingly dependent on his wife, Kim, and his train of thought often derailed, stopping mid-conversation to recall something he'd just said. Then, one day out of the blue, Campbell asked Kim what a garage was after being told to look for something there. At first, she thought her husband was kidding. They had lived in the house for almost a decade. But then, Kim realized he was serious. It was slip-ups like these that terrified Campbell's family. In 2011, Kim finally took her husband to see a doctor from the world-renowned Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, to diagnose the problem. The Campbells met with neurologist Dr. Ronald Peterson. A few tests later, Peterson gave them some of the worst news imaginable. Glenn was suffering from Alzheimer's disease. What's more, he was deteriorating fast. All of his music, his memories, moments spent with his family, would soon slip away. And modern medicine was still struggling to find a cure that could stop it. When our bodies fail, we trust doctors to diagnose the problem. But medicine isn't always an exact science. Sometimes it's a guessing game with life-or-death stakes. This is Medical Mysteries, a ParCast original. I'm Molly. And I'm Richard. Every Tuesday, we'll look at the strangest real-life medical cases in history and the experts who raced against the clock to solve them. You can find episodes of Medical Mysteries and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Medical Mysteries for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Medical Mysteries in the search bar. This is our second episode on the degenerative neurological condition known as Alzheimer's disease. Last week, we investigated the complex history of the disease and its preliminary causes, as discovered by German psychiatrist and neuropathologist Alois Alzheimer. This week, we'll explore the journey many Alzheimer's patients are on. We'll dive into the breakthroughs being made today and whether patients can anticipate a cure. We'll have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
the Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the story. Age robs many people of things they once enjoyed. Perfect health, athletic ability, even sugary treats can become a thing of the past. In the end, it's our memories that stand the test of time. Precious minutes spent with loved ones, birthdays, weddings, and babies being born. High and low moments that shaped who we are deep down inside. But there's one neurological condition able to rob people of all these treasures, Alzheimer's disease. Psychiatrist and neuropathologist Alois Alzheimer first documented the disease in 1906. Today, five million Americans suffer from the illness, and over 100,000 of these patients die every year from disease-related complications. Aside from the emotional toll, the financial cost of Alzheimer's can be devastating to families. According to the Centers for Disease Control, total costs in the U.S. related to the care of someone with Alzheimer's disease or other types of dementia equaled around $277 billion in 2018. To hear that a loved one has Alzheimer's is something no one wants to experience, but it's relatively common. An estimated 500,000 Americans will be diagnosed with the disease this year, and the road to that diagnosis can be one of the hardest parts. It certainly was for Glenn Campbell, an accomplished country singer with plenty of music left to give. The whole world recognized Campbell as one of the best-selling country crooners to come out of the 60s and 70s. His infallible guitar skills had taken him all over the globe, where he'd performed for thousands each night. But by his late 60s, Campbell's family noticed he was no longer his sharp-witted self. One afternoon, his teenage daughter Ashley had a few friends over. They were watching The Lord of the Rings in the Campbell's home theater when Campbell popped in to check on them. He made some friendly chit-chat and asked what movie they were watching. Ashley told him, and Campbell nodded, satisfied. Then he left. Just a few minutes later, Campbell came back to ask the same question. Ashley likely chalked it up to her father's eccentricities, but this time he was serious and confused. It happened one more time before the end of the night. Ashley was bewildered by her father's behavior, but she figured he was just having a bad day. He was getting older, after all. These things could happen from time to time. But months later, Campbell's wife Kim experienced something even more frightening. Campbell was looking for a toolkit, and Kim mentioned it was in the garage. Kim's husband just stared at her, blankly. The garage? Campbell didn't know what, let alone where, that was. Kim was rattled. How could he have forgotten something as simple as that? Unfortunately, it wasn't the last time. Doctors say one of the first signs of Alzheimer's disease is a general sense of forgetfulness 
And that's not something simple like forgetting where you left your keys or an appointment slipping your mind. That kind of forgetfulness works a bit differently from Alzheimer's. Thoughts are first encoded in our brains as something called working memories. Think of this stage as a sketchpad. It's temporary, only necessary for quick functions like, where did I leave my cell phone? When our brain deems the memory important enough, and when the memory is attended to often enough, the brain will then encode it into a long-term memory. So it goes from a sketch to a final painting hanging in the Louvre. Normal moments of forgetfulness are caused by something frequently referred to as a memory lapse, which generally happens when we're not paying good enough attention to something, or when we haven't accessed a certain memory in a very long time. Say you walk in the door of your apartment at night. You turn on the lights, put your things down, and focus your attention on dinner. You aren't recording the sketch of where you set everything down because your brain was focused on another task like what temperature to set the oven at. Researchers say that early signs of Alzheimer's are far more troubling than an ordinary memory lapse. Instead, they're a lot like the ones we saw in Campbell's case. When a patient with Alzheimer's loses their keys, they don't typically turn up on a dresser or a table. Instead, they appear in unexplained locations, like the refrigerator. And when they're found, a patient might immediately forget the next step, like what those keys go to. Essentially, that painting that once hung in the Louvre, the one that says keys don't belong in refrigerators, now seems to be missing. It's a big problem, but ultimately, it all comes down to tiny neurons. Neurons are the messenger cells of the human body. When memories are created in a healthy mind, they form unique pathways between certain neurons. And when we go back to access these memories, these neurons fire off in very similar patterns when compared to the patterns observed during the memory's initial recording. These pathways and firing patterns become stronger the more we access that memory. They are also stronger if the moment was significant to us. That's why we find ourselves reliving many of these same memories, especially things that were special or tragic in our past. One of the first things to go in Alzheimer's patients are their short-term memories. And that's because those neuron pathways are still patchy dirt roads. They're not as frequently traveled as our long-term memories, which are more like highways. It's for this same reason that patients also experience mood swings. These changes in behavior are typically brought on by the frustration and confusion of disappearing memories, as well as by the general difficulty that many patients have in making sense of their surroundings. This was the case with acclaimed actor Gene Wilder. Wilder was a comic genius known for his quick timing and quirky screen presence in films like Willy Wonka and The Chocolate Factory. Off-screen, people knew him as a sweet, mild-mannered guy. But around the time that Wilder was in his late 70s, something changed. His wife Karen initially noticed him get hostile with one of his grandchildren. This was completely out of character for him, but Karen didn't think too much of it. That is, until Wilder forgot the name of one of his best films, Young Frankenstein. He struggled for minutes searching for the title before resorting to acting out a scene just to get his point across. Over time, these early warning signs of Alzheimer's became more frequent. 
But it's the next steps that can be most difficult to navigate. Many don't know whether to chalk their own behavioral changes up to old age or something more serious. It takes a loved one who's really paying attention to piece the disease together. Someone like Kim Campbell. For her and for many in similar situations, it took more than a single warning sign to realize she and Glenn needed to speak with professionals. When the Campbells finally met with the doctors at the Mayo Clinic in 2011, they found out there was no concrete test to determine if Glenn had Alzheimer's disease. Instead, it was a diagnosis by exclusion, supplemented by imaging tests that could confirm the likelihood of Alzheimer's disease. Meaning doctors had to run various tests to find out what Glenn didn't have before they could finally make that call. Coming up, doctors make a biological breakthrough that further defines the cause. Hi listeners, it's Richard. If you enjoy the cases covered in Medical Mysteries, Harcast has a brand new series you're sure to enjoy. It's called Medical Murders, and it exposes the dark, disturbing, and deadly side of medicine. Every Wednesday, meet the worst the medical community has to offer. Men and women who took an oath to save lives, but instead used their expertise to develop more sinister specialties. Hosted by the extremely talented Alastair Murden, Medical Murders examines the formative years and motives of history's most infamous killers, dissecting their medical backgrounds with expert analysis and professional insight provided by practicing MD, Dr. David Kipper. You'll investigate a wide range of heinous healthcare workers, like the general practitioner believed to be the most prolific serial killer in modern history, or the dentist who led a double life as a hitman, or even the doctor and gang member who mix deadly potions for unhappy housewives to use on their husbands. When it comes to these true crime stories, the only thing the doctor ordered is murder. Follow Medical Murders free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. After years of watching his memory fade, Kim Campbell took her husband, Glenn, to the Mayo Clinic. In order to determine what precisely was affecting him, doctors performed a series of cognitive tests on Glenn to see what they could rule out. In one of the tests, Campbell's neurology team, led by Dr. Ronald Peterson, gave him solid cubes with different colors on each side. Peterson's associate created a simple pattern by placing the cubes in different formations. Campbell was then asked to replicate the pattern. This test, along with several others, was meant to measure Campbell's cognitive ability. And while it might sound easy to someone without the disease, it requires a lot of additional thought for someone with Alzheimer's. And sure enough, Campbell had a really hard time recreating the block pattern. 
Last episode, we discussed the breakthroughs that Alois Alzheimer discovered in his patient, Augusta Dieter. He found that patients with the disease had a buildup of plaque in the brain. It was also noted that the neurons, or the body's pathway for various electrical and chemical signals, have their own underlying structure, which is maintained by neurofilaments and neurotubules, sometimes referred to as neurofibrils. And in patients with the disease, those structural elements seem to have become tangled and distorted. These two factors block communication channels in the brain, and many scientists believe they contribute to neural cell death, which also leads to a loss of neural pathways. Affected areas of the brain then atrophy, resulting in cerebral volume loss, and this diminishes a patient's cognitive function. Since Glenn Campbell was having a hard time following Peterson's instructions, it was looking like he might have symptoms of this cognitive decline. But this still didn't prove he had Alzheimer's disease. Rather, it could have been any number of neurological disorders, many of which are dementia-related. So, Dr. Peterson placed Campbell into an MRI machine to get a better image of his brain. While an MRI machine doesn't show signs of those plaques or tangles seen in Alzheimer's, it can show if there's something like a tumor or a blood clot. And while these possibilities are also scary, there are known treatments that can lead to recovery. However, Peterson didn't find any preliminary signs of a stroke, cancer, or a brain bleed. Instead, he saw that Campbell's hippocampus, a section of the brain important for memory, had already begun to atrophy. Following another series of imaging tests, Peterson could be confident in his diagnosis. Glenn had Alzheimer's disease. Patients like Campbell are often given three to 11 years to live. While the disease isn't attacking the body directly, cognitive function plummets, which also affects unconscious cell memory, like remembering how to swallow food or breathe. The body gradually becomes weaker, unable to fight off infections. Death is the eventual toll. But maybe Alzheimer's doesn't have to be a death sentence. In 1975, researchers finally discovered an important piece of the puzzle, one that could help pave the way to treatments and cures by showing why neurons break down in the first place. Scientists found that neurofibrillary tangles, the skeletons of the neurons, were made up of something called tau protein. These proteins are essential building blocks of what are known as microtubules, which are one of the transport systems of the neuron, moving key substances and nutrients throughout the cell. Tau proteins, in part, account for the proper structure of the microtubules. However, in people with Alzheimer's disease, the proteins are misfolded, causing the tubules to collapse. With the aggregation of misfolded proteins, the collapsed microtubules become tangled and neurons are unable to build and recycle proteins. This eventually leads to cell death. This is what caused the neurofibrillary tangles that Alois Alzheimer saw in 1906. If only doctors could figure out why these structures and their underlying proteins were abnormal in the first place, then maybe they could stop Alzheimer's from happening. But first, there was another missing piece of the Alzheimer's puzzle that needed solving. 
1984, a biochemist named Dr. George Glenner and his colleague Dr. Kane Wong identified the main protein component of the plaques that Alois Alzheimer once discovered. For the first time, doctors understood the material that was keeping the cells from communicating. It's something called beta-amyloid proteins. Glenner and his team wanted to know where these beta-amyloids came from. After weeks of investigation, they discovered that beta-amyloids were once part of the body's larger protein strand called amyloid precursor protein. We'll call them APPs for short. APPs are transmembrane proteins that happen to be present in the neuron cells near the synapse where all of the neurotransmitters, or the brain's messengers, are sent back and forth to communicate. Think of it like a cargo ship full of supplies traveling across the ocean from New York to London. New York is the first neuron, the ship is the neurotransmitter, and the ocean is the synapse. Each neurotransmitter needs to make it across the synapse, or in this case the ocean, to get a message or signal to its destination. Scientists are still unclear what function APP serves, but some theorize it helps in forming these synapses, or at least maintaining them. In a normal brain, the APP gets cut very specifically into three chunks by small enzymes. This process helps the protein dissolve into the intercellular fluid of the body. However, in someone with Alzheimer's, there's a problem. One of the sections of the APP is chopped off in the wrong spot. Meaning, you have one normal-sized piece, one abnormally large section, and a smaller segment. That middle section, now slightly longer than it should be, becomes the beta amyloid. And as Glenner's team continued their research, they discovered that it was highly toxic. That's because beta amyloids are configured in such a way that it becomes easy for them to clump together. Think of them like Legos. They have the perfect build to easily snap in place. After enough time has passed and more of these beta amyloids bunch up, they are classified as beta amyloid plaques. And sure enough, these proteins gunk up the synapses, making it impossible for neurotransmitters to communicate. It's kind of like the ocean, or the synapse, is being polluted with a whole bunch of oil or trash, or in this case, the beta amyloid. It then makes it harder for the boats, or the neurotransmitters, to travel across the ocean. And when the neurotransmitters aren't working, the neurons, or say New York and London, can't get their critical messages. This discovery by Glenner and his team at UC San Diego led to something called the amyloid cascade hypothesis. In this theory, researchers believe that at a certain point, enough beta amyloid accumulates in the synapses to reach a devastating tipping point, kind of like an unstoppable oil spill, one that triggers the onset of Alzheimer's symptoms. However, researchers have found that plaques don't just arrive all at once. They build up for decades, starting sometimes as early as age 30 or 40. This means that while Gene Wilder and Glenn Campbell were living perfectly normal lives, their brains might have been slowly leaking this toxic substance into their synapses. It made it more and more impossible for ships or neurotransmitters to get across the ocean, and instead, they sink and die. 
Now the neurons are left without any information, so they start dying as well, and the cognitive ability of a patient gradually dies with them. In the cases of Glenn Campbell or Gene Wilder, this is when their first serious symptoms started to show up. In Campbell, it could have been on display when he forgot the lyrics to some of his famous songs that he'd performed hundreds of times. For Wilder, it was forgetting the name of a movie he was in, or his outburst, likely caused by his confusion. Unfortunately, many doctors have thought that once this process starts, there's no way to stop the decline, no way to plug the devastating oil spill. But researchers like Glenner are searching for ways to halt and potentially reverse the buildup of these beta amyloids before they gunk up the mine's ocean. Fortunately, there are a few hopeful signs on the horizon. Just where they'll lead, though, is anyone's guess. Coming up, we'll discuss current Alzheimer's treatments. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Rakuten. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Ulta, Ray-Ban, and Canon. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals during Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th. The cashback rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for Adidas and Fenty. You can save on everything you need for summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Now, back to the story. In the 1980s, scientists furthered Alois Alzheimer's discovery by pinpointing the primary components of the damaging plaques that caused the disease. This breakthrough should have brought the medical community one step closer to a cure. But science still struggles to find the best solution. Meanwhile, thousands die from complications related to Alzheimer's disease each year. Anywhere between four to 10 years after a diagnosis, patients lose their sense of independence. Their memories are long gone, and their loved ones must often play the role of caretaker. But to someone suffering from Alzheimer's, even a spouse or child can seem like a complete stranger. Still, there can be good days. The musician Glenn Campbell, for example, decided to announce his diagnosis to the world in 2011. He also said he was going on one final tour. It was unprecedented that anyone with his condition would do something so ambitious. By this point, Campbell's short-term memory was fickle. He had trouble with names and often forgot what disease he was diagnosed with. And yet, he was determined to do this one last tour 
with his family by his side. Campbell traveled from coast to coast performing, and the process wasn't easy. He needed a teleprompter with him on stage to help remember the words to his songs. On several occasions, he'd play the same song again right after he'd finished it. But it was shocking how well Campbell could still play the guitar. He nailed each melody, never missing a beat. And his technique was as flawless as it was 30 years before. It's likely because these neural pathways were more established than others. Campbell had spent thousands of hours playing the guitar, to the point where it became similar to an unconscious motor function, like walking. Those guitar pathways were deeply ingrained in his brain. And it's these tasks that aren't as easily forgotten. But they, too, will one day fade in a patient with Alzheimer's. Campbell played over 100 shows before the tour ended in 2012. He then went back home to Malibu, California, with his wife, Kim. As his primary caretaker, Kim watched Campbell's sobering decline. She had to remind him to eat, help him shower, and even show him where the bathroom was. It's these final heartbreaking stages that have doctors tirelessly searching for answers. As of the 1990s, a handful of medications were approved for Alzheimer's. One category is called choline esterase inhibitors. In a healthy brain, choline esterase enzymes go into the synapse and clear out any remaining neurotransmitters after a signal has been sent. Of course, in a brain with Alzheimer's, the neurotransmitters are also getting gummed up by the beta amyloid plaque, our toxic pollutant. Choline esterase inhibiting drugs combat this problem by blocking the choline esterase enzymes that would normally clear out excess neurotransmitters. By doing so, the drugs help increase the amount of neurotransmitters in the synapse. The theory is, if you increase the numbers of neurotransmitters, you increase the odds that the signal makes it through. These drugs seemed like a promising start. But over time, researchers discovered they were like putting a Band-Aid over a crack in a dam. The medications work for a short amount of time, and patients find themselves thinking a little more clearly. But the relief is only temporary, usually between 6 to 12 months. Besides, memories that have already been lost don't come back. These drugs can't revive dead neurons or reopen lost pathways. And ultimately, they won't stop the progression of the illness. Today, researchers are looking to find drugs that will stop beta amyloid from forming entirely, or even reverse buildups that already exist. Currently, there are dozens of different drugs in development. Some of the most promising studies are focused on the secretase enzymes, which chop up the APP protein. The hope is that by altering this enzyme, it will slice up the APP differently, thus avoiding the aggregation of beta amyloids, those tiny miscut pieces altogether. Between 2002 and 2012, 244 different compounds were tested. Out of those, only one drug made it through clinical trials. But ultimately, these drugs have rarely seen success in treating patients. The ideal solution is really to give people the desired medication before the plaque starts to build up. 
But of course, there hasn't been a surefire way to anticipate if someone is at risk for one day getting Alzheimer's. To put it simply, unless everyone takes the drug, there's no way to stop it. However, even now, researchers are closing in on the ability to detect Alzheimer's well before it presents any noticeable symptoms. As a successful Alzheimer treatment remains a mystery, though, the desired progress will likely be agonizingly slow, which is why patients such as Glenn Campbell and Gene Wilder had to suffer through the final stages of this devastating disease. Unlike Campbell, Wilder kept his diagnosis a secret from the world. Only his family was aware of his condition. Meanwhile, the simplest tasks became a challenge for him. One day, Karen noticed that Wilder's wrist was covered in scratches. Apparently, he'd struggled for minutes trying to undo the clasp on his watch, even clawing at his own arm. Karen also watched as her husband developed problems walking. One afternoon, she saw him stumble and fall in the backyard. Wilder even had a hard time getting up, but he quickly flipped on his stage persona. Turning to an imaginary audience, Wilder told them the show would be back momentarily. For Karen, this must have been heartbreaking and reaffirming at the same time. Her husband's brain was wasting away, but he was still the same charming and charismatic man she married. Those traits couldn't be stripped away as easily. But sometimes a family is required to let go of their loved one with Alzheimer's, even before that person has passed. Eventually, they require around-the-clock care that not everyone can provide. That's exactly what happened with Glenn Campbell in 2015. Four years after his diagnosis, Kim realized it was time to move her husband into a care facility in Nashville, Tennessee. When Kim came to visit, he often forgot her name, calling her Mrs. Campbell instead. Other times, he forgot who she was entirely. He had trouble keeping full conversations and didn't know where he was. Campbell sometimes mistook his bedroom at the facility for a hotel room, thinking he was on tour. The staff said it was typical to see him sitting in one of the common areas playing the guitar. But even that changed as Campbell reached the final stages of Alzheimer's. As we mentioned earlier, people with Alzheimer's don't directly die from the disease, but they do typically die from complications related to it. Most patients develop an infection. In many cases, this happens when someone with Alzheimer's forgets how to eat due to severe brain atrophy. Basic skills are lost, and food easily goes down the wrong tube into the windpipe. This can cause an infection in the esophagus and lungs. At this point, the patient's body is already weak from a lack of activity, and their immune system struggles to fight off the infection. Even common colds are a threat. Others suffer complications from bed sores. If someone lies too long in one position, wounds form. They can appear quickly and are hard to treat. And in some cases, a patient's body is too weak to fight back. But for some Alzheimer's patients, the end of the road is especially bleak. Glenn Campbell passed away on August 8, 2017, at the age of 81. His brain had lost its ability to send out signals for the most basic functions. And at one point, 
Glenn Campbell forgot how to breathe. It was a sobering example of Alzheimer's toll. And while there's currently no way to chemically reverse Alzheimer's, researchers have suggested some basic ways to prevent this disease from taking hold of our lives. A good diet, an active cardio lifestyle, and plenty of sleep all might help safeguard against the illness. Neuroscientists also recommend picking up new skills. If you've always wanted to learn a new language, dive right in. If you want to take up woodworking, you should go for it. Tasks like this create even more neural pathways between neuron cells. And the more roads there are to travel, the more likely our neurons will reach their destinations. Still, it's estimated that by 2050, nearly 14 million Americans will be diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, largely due to increased lifespan and better detection. There's one small comfort to be had, though. Recent studies suggest that while a loved one might forget who you are, the brain hasn't severed all of their connections to you. They might still smile, lifted by emotions stirred deep within themselves, connections that are deeper, more complex, and therefore harder for Alzheimer's to erase. And on the evening of August 29, 2016, Gene Wilder slowly climbed into the same bed as his wife. It was a place that, even in his confusion, felt familiar. In those sheets, next to his wife, he felt safe from the fading world. Before they had fallen asleep, Wilder turned towards Karen and said his final words, I trust you. He passed away quietly in the middle of the night. Emotions formed before someone's diagnosis, the joy, the trust, and the love, those things never truly disappear. We may even lose our most precious memories, but the feelings they ingrained might never slip away. Thanks for listening to Medical Mysteries. For more information on Alzheimer's disease, amongst the many sources we used, we found the Mayo Clinic and the Alzheimer's Foundation extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Medical Mysteries and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals, like Medical Mysteries, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Medical Mysteries on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Medical Mysteries in the search bar. We'll see you next time. Medical Mysteries was created by Max Cutler and is a podcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, Sound design by Anthony Valsic, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Medical Mysteries was written by Robert Tyler Walker, with writing assistance by Ali Wicker, and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Killer nurses, deranged doctors, mad scientists. This series has it all. Don't forget to check out the new podcast original, Medical Murders. Every Wednesday, meet the worst the medical community has to offer. Men and women who took an oath to save lives, but instead use their expertise to develop more sinister specialties. If you're a fan of medical mysteries, you're going to love it. 
follow Medical Murders free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.